Seventh episode of GamerCore, brought to you by the National Institute for Gamer Review. I am DK, uh, and I am a a social nerd given a lot of money, and I'm now getting laid a lot. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Uh, yeah. And so, um, I guess brief brief housekeeping. Uh, we had intended originally to um, to release. Uh, uh, as the next episode of this of this fine program, um, our our very very uh, interesting discussion we had with Mr. James Alsop on um, Skyrim, um, but we made an executive decision that we wanted to postpone that by a week because it'll still be fresh in a week. It's just a kind of timeless thing. Whereas um, we wanted to discuss this kind of late breaking story that that's kind of ongoing and um, and very much uh, topical in the moment right now, which is which is the complete shit show um happening at um at activision blizzard um and we were talking about a little bit before the show also like you know i mean do we want to cover how do we want to cover this and and you know it's kind of more or less straight news or i mean really each of activision deserves a a show at least on you know kind of i think that you know it's a kind of one of these at this point it basically exists only as a brand but it used to be um more than that uh and Blizzard, of course, uh, hardly needs any introduction, I think, among our audience. But but um, you know has multiple series and in some cases titles that that are more than deserving of their own um, NIGR episodes. Um, but rather than take that kind of a, an approach, I think I, th- I mean we'll, we'll I guess get into a little bit of some of that because um, the the kind of corp- in part this is a story about corporate culture and. Um, and, and the sort of the, the corporatization of the video gaming industry and the culture clash that results from when you get, you know, yeah, uh, just a bunch of nerd computer nerds who like to read fantasy novels and shit um, suddenly become multimillionaires and with, uh, sitting on top of extraordinarily profitable uh, companies um, thrust into these situations where there's a clash with, with um, corporate kind of culture and expectations and legal expectations and I, I don't even necessarily think that it's um so um so clear-cut as as uh, I mean there's I really do kind of almost see both sides in this particular instance but that's not to say there aren't kind of macro things going on as well that I find troubling or at least worthy of of analysis but but yeah let's maybe just get into it um or or, or did you have any before we did though did you have any like big picture thoughts on on this whole situation Lewis uh- I, I'm not surprised. If this makes sense, like it's a uh, corporate HR culture is getting thrust on all manner of institutions across society, um, from construction sites, the military, um, and it's 
basically inevitable that things like this are going to happen. Uh, I don't think it's as I don't see it as a surprise, and I I don't. I mean, this one it, this is an interesting case. Cause it really isn't a big deal, um, at, but the ramifications are gonna maybe are gonna maybe be bigger than the actual much bigger than the actual incident is, especially if there's like an actual like, work slowdown at Activision, which is you know massive. Well, I I okay so. I don't. It's an interesting question, and it doesn't really matter because we're sort of making predictions. But I'm actually not convinced of that, um, and I'll tell you why. Is is um, I, I see this on the one hand as basically just a, a continuation of a. Well, I guess, I guess I see there's there's I see this more as kind of like a culmination of two processes that are already you know well in effect and and and, and kind of um, it's not this a culmination in the sense of like okay well, now we've reached a certain kind of inflection point not that the process is going to stop um far from it but i i think yeah this corporatization has been going on for a long time um and uh activision blizzard blizzard i, I don't i don't give a shit at this point but activision is like a holding company that exists on paper um blizzard kind of is real or or you know it it, it up to the past couple years, like there was a fair amount of continuity with um, with the Blizzard that was existed in the '90s when they when they you know did their most original and important work. Um, that seems to be no longer the case. That that now with with this sequence of events, the the you know it was already kind of very tenuous connection, but now is basically severed. Um, so, I mean, that's not to say there aren't like other things that'll be that'll be going on um, that'll be important, but but uh, I, I don't know. It seems, I mean, well, whatever. We'll we'll get into that maybe in in a bit. Let's let's first um, cover the the basics of the story here because I don't know. I haven't seen so much of it being talked about in um, in dissident circles, and I mean, it's huge gaming press news, but almost kind of for the wrong reason or you know, in predictable ways that are not necessarily all that analytically helpful or interesting. Um, so on July 20th, July 20th, just like two, three weeks ago, um, the California um, Department of Fair Employment and Housing revealed that there had been a two-year-long investigation into reports of pay discrimination, sexual harassment, and a general, quote, frat culture uh, at the company known for Call of Duty, World of, World of Warcraft, and other massive games, um, this this news that this lawsuit had been filed broke initially on the twenty first, um, and the 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 one of the kind of funny angles to this, or one of the things that I find most um, interesting, is is like. The, the talk, talk about this like okay so so a company gets accused of bad stuff right and and I, to be clear i think you were talking about this a little bit before the show like i don't have any doubt that this stuff happened and a lot of it frankly myself speaking now is unacceptable like i actually do agree with like the there, there's a there's a the people who are saying like i mean because some of the allegations here are things like um like the 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 male employees in senior positions would essentially tell the female employees okay now you have to do all this work and then go play call of duty in their offices like that's funny for me as an outsider but like if someone did that to me i would be fucking pissed um to be on the receiving end of that right and rightfully so 
Um, and, and, and I mean, I don't know how much the gender angle really has to do with that. Um, maybe to some extent, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out, um, by any stretch, but, um, you know, these kind of exploitative practices and these kinds of things. And, and, and generally speaking, like, um, once, I mean, speaking now, maybe for, for you know, I'm, I'm, I guess maybe a little bit of a squish on the women question in that I think women should be allowed to have things like bank accounts. Um, I know I'm a cuck, but, uh, it, if you're going to have a society where women are in the workplace, which, okay, maybe we shouldn't, maybe that's a, you know, maybe we should have different social norms around that. I, I actually think we should have different social norms around that. But if you're going to have a society where women have, you know, where women are going to be in the workplace in, in anything like big numbers, um, you, you can't, I mean, you just, you just can't do stuff like this. That's just not, it's just not acceptable. And, and, and they're right to say that it's not acceptable. That's not to say that everything that they, um, Everything that they, you know, are, are upset about is is worthy of being upset about. Here, here's a here's a, a great example of the kind of thing that I was talking about. So here's like, so that story breaks on on July 22nd, on July 20 uh, July 21st, July 22nd. Blizzard President J. Allen Brack emails staff to say that the behavior detailed in the suit is completely unacceptable. Um, Activision President Rob Costage emails staff calling the allegations deeply disturbing and saying that we as a company take every allegation seriously. The, the story really kicks off, and this is when I first um, started learning of it, was on Friday, July 23rd, when, um, when two very interesting things uh, happened, kind of pulling in opposite directions with this story. Um, thing number one was a video from BlizzCon 2010 that went viral on, on um, Twitter. During a World of Warcraft panel Q&A, a woman asked about the possibility of less sexualized female characters. The panelists, uh, including one of their the hate targets of this thing, Alex Afrasiabi, I have no idea what ethnicity he is, but anyway, um, and now President J. Allen Brack laugh and make jokes in response. So, like, and this is to me is a great example of um, of the kind of like complaints that I'm I'm just was talking about before that are just I think are ridiculous and really speak to like. You know, and maybe this is maybe we, the reason why we can't have this uh, women in the workplace is ultimately this is the kind of stuff that <laughs> that happens as a result. Um, because nobody, like, who the hell is interested in less sexualized world female characters in anything? Like, I, even female players, like, this wasn't an issue in the gaming industry until Anita Sarkeesian figured out that she could, you know, make some money and get some clout by. Also, like, World of Warcraft is not like a. Like, yeah, there are, like, big kitty characters and shit, but no one's... It's not like a sex game. Like, you no. know what I'm saying? Like, there's... <laughs> yeah. like, it's right. not titillating, if that makes sense. Not you know? at it's all. Not... It's lit it's basically a comic book. And the, and the like, these are the... Ex it's the exact same aesthetic, and the people are upset about it for the exact same reasons they were upset about it in comic, comic books, which they've also destroyed. Not that I was ever, like, a huge... I was, I never, was never really into comic books at all, but, um... But, uh... I, I'm, you know, I'm enough of a, of a, you know, in these circles to, you know, know people who were and 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 be aware of this controversy. You see it in in the comic book industry as well, and and yeah, you know, you have like fundamentally. I mean, this get, like was, not to speaking go speaking of that real quick. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Good, good future episode to discuss how uh, manga destroyed the U.S. comics industry. Yes, like to where yes. it was basically like built the comics in the U.S. were just to give like the brief that the elevator pitch for it are basically kind of an island unto themselves. It was really shitty for a long time, but there was no other game in town. And as soon as there was another game in town, 
manga just destroyed destroyed them yeah took all their market share yeah because it's a better product like in in like any number of ways well that that really speaks to me to like the whole the kind of underlying thing here i've said this before i'll say it again not to go too huge brain like right off the bat but but just to say fundamentally the leftoids problem is with reality like they're in a war against reality they're in a war against truth they are in a war against beauty like truth reality and beauty all kind of converge in like this is like the essence of like the aryan perspective right and it's true it's real it's we know this you don't even have to be all right chinese appreciate this too right harmony and beauty and truth and order etc so like it's an article of religious faith with these people that like there can be no true or meaningful distinction between what is beautiful and what is ugly like these people literally worship ugliness and try to elevate it to the level of beauty and 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 if you notice or or have any kind of gut level instinctual to say nothing of any kind of intellectual reaction against that and say well no actually you know it's better to be beautiful than ugly and beauty is bet more highly valuable than than ugliness like there's something that's when they turn on you and that's when they when they really attack you the worst and that's what's going on i mean i'm not saying that every you know Whatever. I mean, you could, I, I could hear kind of like bad faith, nitpicky, ankle biting kind of critiques of what I'm saying in, in the back of my mind. But I think everybody kind of understands the point here, which is like there's nothing wrong with having beautiful female forms anywhere, least of all in a comic book inspired video game like World of Warcraft. And and the you know the, this completely astroturfed idea that um, oh it's gonna it's somehow quote problematic you know put on your Anita Sarkeesian uh, you know horn rimmed glasses. <laughs> that that um that it's problematic if if we do and we want to have we want to make sure that we have like short haired fat ugly uh, ugly female characters in our video games like nobody wants that I mean like vanishingly few people want I mean, the only people who want that are the people pushing for it and 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 of course highlighted by by the uh, the lying press so but anyway that that's sort of like so this video was making the rounds and and this was um this is the kind of thing the kind of response that it got here's a, another tweet about this i disdain bro culture and have spent my career fighting against it writes the man on the left in this blizzcon panel where they all guffaw at a woman who dared to ask if a few of the female characters in their game could be less hyper sexualized okay so that's like the the one direction of things that's happening on on friday july 23rd the other direction that things were happening and this is what really i i this is where my interest in the story really began because like a bunch of libtards filing a suit with the California Department of Libtardation, like, doesn't interest... I don't care. Um, what did note, What I did notice, what did pique my interest was when... Um, so the Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer, Fran Townsend, sent a very different message to staff on Friday, July 23rd, calling the lawsuit's depiction of Activision Blizzard, quote, distorted and untrue, and that Activision Blizzard, quote, truly values equality and fairness. Townsend says that when she joined the executive leadership team in March 2021, she was certain she was, quote, joining a company where I would be valued, treated with respect, and provided opportunities equal to those afforded to the men of the company. Townsend reiterated that the initial response at the law, the, Townsend reiterated the initial response that the lawsuit's claims were inaccurate. Um, now, before I go on, did, what is your what is your reaction to like that those particular statements of that particular executive? I mean, the one who's doing the "I will be I would be treated with respect" one or the, the yeah the, that one one trouble. Uh, I find I mean, I it's 
I discount things any executive says in any gaming company as a rule. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just out of hand. Because they're all, like, there's very few executives in gaming who aren't, like, you know, like MBAs from usually another sector of business who came to make a lot of money in a very profitable, you know, Hmm. part of the economy instead of their like uh, it's another that works out so that doesn't but like was it like Reggie fils was it like a Domino's guy or something like that or something you know sorry wh- like, what about what Domino's guy was it was it Reggie fils the Nintendo USA guy uh, like oh Domino's, Reggie yeah 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 right yeah. yes yes and some of the, yeah, like, it works out sometimes but usually like executives are I mean, this is just going pretty up my bias against executives I see this is a female executive who understands like the culture war and elements of this and is using the kind of phrasing and toning to just get ahead like I, I, I executives no matter their gender or even ethnicity are uh, generally I just 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 be dismissed out of hand I completely agree um, and and that was my that was my like so my expectation going into this because I saw I saw this part of the story kind of happen more or less as it was actually happening because what piqued my interest was like, okay, corporate executive releases bullshit boilerplate statement. We've all seen this a million times. Like, you know, it, everything, not a word that she wrote there couldn't have been generated by corporate boilerplate AI text engine. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's all just very boring, very standard, very like not human the way that corporate executives are just like not human, right? Um, the thing is, it completely backfired and not even just like, I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't even just like you have to do better kind of thing where like, cause the, I, I've seen this story play out. I think we all have many times before where like some company or more, more commonly like individuals at a company or, you know, group within a company or something is accused of something in the media. Often it doesn't even necessarily rise to the level of a lawsuit or if it does rise to the level of a lawsuit it's a kind of like obviously frivolous lawsuit which i i again want to emphasize i do not think this is a frivolous lawsuit i'm, I'm seeing now a, a, like another detail here quote men would walk into the breastfeeding room there was no way to lock the door they would just stare and i would have to scream at them to leave like <laughs> not okay like if you're gonna have a breastfeeding again you could say like well, do we want to have a breastfeeding room in the office like do we want to you know okay but if you're gonna have a society where you have breastfeeding rooms in the office you cannot have like men just walking in there and staring at the exposed breasts of the women who are breastfeeding is not okay which um, also we brought and this is bad and this is like so we talk about the uh clash of like ar corporate and like asperger's nerd like asker aspie guys to just have a lot of money and this is probably the most deliberate like obvious collide collision where hr goes hey we need uh, a breastfeeding room for women and the aspie guys say okay sure that sounds like a good thing and then because you there's being a pervert and there's just being so being a someone who's just utterly oblivious social cues and there's no, I, I don't think the worst pervert just like walks into the breastfeeding room. You have to be a little bit of an aspie, at least a little. A little. Bit. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe and, it could just be like they've literally never seen a boob before, and they, I mean, I don't know. But then they're like looking like, well, oh wow, no, I is think that? It's, they're probably living this fantasy world where like they've been doing this since like the mid two thousands when they were at least probably long before that. They made a bunch of money, 
and now people listen to them, and people had never listened to them in their whole lives, and they get sex and things because they have money, and they just like they're re- the the reality of someone who developed games in the '90s and is now high up at Blizzard, right? Like who is they live in a kind of movie, right? Where like <laughs> it's all the Scarface, like yeah, that second that second th- that second third of Scarface, where they're just like. I can do whatever I want. I, <laughs> I'll go to the titty room. I have a titty room in my in my company right. now, you know. Yeah. And I can totally see. Yeah, and also the yeah, ad is like uncomfortable, but also, oof, like that. I don't care like how up an executive you are. If you try that shit, like there would be like a meet. I, I don't know. Well, it is like a soy boy culture too. Like, if I was at a company and there was a man walking into the breastfeeding room to stare at titties. There would be immediate reaction of not even like violence and like beat this guy up, but like, do you understand what you're doing? Like, men would intervene and say, like, do you understand what you're doing here? Like, like the fact that like this was apparently like, a, a thing that happened as a pattern is uh, bizarre and disgusting, and maybe points to a greater cultural rot. In like yes. Well, this the West this Coast. wouldn't have happened in our uncle's Germany, right? Yeah, no. I mean, if you want to breastfeed in safety, you must vote NJP. <laughs> Amen, Porther. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, that's the, like, I mean, not to. I don't want to moralize exactly, but like, there's a fine line between being a kind of intellectual misog- quote unquote, misogynist, or just like a sec, you know. You talk about race realism. You could talk about sex realism in kind of similar ways, right? Um, there's a big difference between being a sex realist and being an actual misogynist or just someone who doesn't like, respect your wife, respect your mothers, respect your daughters. Obviously, this should go without saying that it doesn't is a problem. That, you know. Anyway, I don't want to dwell too long on that, but but you know, it's, it's, it, make jokes. I make jokes. It, jokes are fine, but like you know, seriously, don't be like you. You, you can't behave like this. I mean, I, I think that just need maybe needs to be said. Anyway. Um, yeah, so so what caught my story was what caught my eye about this story was was um was not so much the the boilerplate and not so much the um the the fact that it was unsatisfying to like a certain Twitter crowd of, you know, the SJWs or leftoids or whatever you want to call them but that it ha- seemed to have a real world backlash um and 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 like it it, it made there I, I think i think to me the 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 reason why ultimately is be- precisely because this wasn't just a kind of cynic wasn't it's this is not exclusively a cynical cash grab it is not just a just a frivolous lawsuit or just some you know not even lawsuit level complaining you know these, these people shake shake this is how this is the the standard business model for these diversity organizations right is like the the non-gentile organizations is is they um you know they kind of group of people with i wouldn't even say a plausible complaint just like something that can be twisted into a complaint that they think is going to play well on on certain corners of the internet and then they raise a big fuss and it never gets to the level of a lawsuit um or if it is it's dismissed um and it's never certainly never litigated um past any kind of you know favorable settlement but in the meantime this non-gentile organization you know gets hired to do consulting for diversity and inclusion and gets a bunch of money from 
from the company that's being shaken down. Um, this, I mean, not even before, you know, all this. I mean, this this is like Jesse Jackson's business model. This goes way, way back. Um, that's not entirely what's happening here. I, I again, want to emphasize that there, there's like legitimate wrongdoing in this company. Um, and I think in large part because of that, um, the, this kind of standard boilerplate, like, because, you know, it, like from a legal perspective, companies are incentive like you you never want to admit wrongdoing right it, it's it's um it's kind of 101 that like as soon as you say oh yeah we did something wrong like that's all your legal adversary needs to like basically yeah, win whatever kind of yep which is the origin of the corporate apology which is we are sorry we did nothing wrong that, that yeah, exactly <laughs> right which and, and that's like that's when i that's when i was like this is why it caught my eye because I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. They're saying we're sorry, but we did nothing wrong. It's very kind of corporate, you know. We're not going to indemnify ourselves, kind of way. Um, but I, I just didn't think that that was going to play well. I was like, I, but the problem is they're in this position where legally, if they want to win a lawsuit, basically they have to say we didn't do anything wrong. But if they want to stay on the right side of like the woke crowd with the pitchforks who are currently coming after them they have they have to do the humiliation ritual of like oh yes we're very bad you know we did all these wrong things please forgive us these are mutually incompatible and so i was wondering like well which direction is this going to go it seems like they're going for now in this kind of um you know we're going to take you we're going to say some release some statements about how unacceptable this is but in terms of the actual you know concrete legal dispute we're going to do the the standard corporate thing of basically denying any and all responsibility the actions of our executives are unacceptable immoral and legal (laughs) (laughs) yes yep and and that's the line they took on on uh, at that time and it just blew up in their face um pretty much immediately this was like this 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 led to so over the over that weekend um it led to, I mean, it was just it was blowing up on on social media. I'm not I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I, I you know I could see I was I was following this in the gaming press and and sort of checking out some individual tweets on this and and yeah on um, basically that whole next week from on the week of Monday July 26, uh, there were what was it more than a, hun- a thousand current and former Activision Blizzard employees sign an open letter to management calling Townsend's statement, quote, abhorrent and insulting to all that we believe our company should stand for. The employee statement continues, quote, our values as employees are not accurately reflected in the words and actions of our leadership. Categorizing the claims that have been made as, quote, distorted and in many cases false creates a company atmosphere that disbelieves victims. Immediate corrections are needed from the highest level of our organization. Now, again, I don't think you should just quote, believe, quote, victims, self-designated, quote, victims, like, as a matter of, as a general matter, or as a matter of corporate or government policy, um, you know, and, and that kind of angle to it is wrong. But you can understand why they're upset. And, and again, it's this issue of this disconnect between the demands of the legal system to basically deny any and all responsibility and the demands of, like, the, the this uh, woke culture or whatever, you know, Hollywood people culture, um that uh you know movie making people culture that they're they're all expected to kind of toe the line on and these are these are mutually um mutually incompatible um this was also i think i believe i have to double check but it it doesn't really matter either way this was around the time this week was when um uh do you know who grums is on twitter no 
Should I? He, he maybe he he uh, he's actually I I like him. He's uh uh I forget what's his real name. He he was one of the lead lead designers on World of Warcraft. Um, he was with Blizzard for a long long time. He he left. Mark Kern, Mark Grums Kern. He's a Taiwanese American video game designer um, who was one of the team leads on um, on World of Warcraft. He was also uh, CEO of Firefall, if you remember that. Um, briefly interesting. He's he's doing some other stuff independently now. He's he's an interesting guy. He's he's like a. Um, I mean, he's he's you know he's I don't know if he's Hapa or like full blood Chinese. Just grew up on the West Coast, but um, he's definitely like. I don't, he's like Gamergate tier, kind of, almost. Like, like he, he's he's anti woke. He likes to um, poke at the at the Anita Sarkeesian crowd by posting um, beautiful anime girls with their tummy exposed. Um, he makes it a point in his new game that he's developing, uh, Ember, uh, which seems really cool. I, I'm definitely gonna. I'm, I actually is a show of support for him. He he seems like a good guy, just generally. And and I, I bought one of their little starter packs. Um, it's it's pre-release still, but but he makes it a point to have like no, we're gonna have as many beautiful sexualized women in this game as possible. <laughs> um, not a, not only beautiful, you know, there's gonna be male characters too, of course, but but um, that's sort of like the the kind of where he is on on the kind of political scale, um, and and he's had interesting things to say. Um, uh, you know, obviously he's not like our guy, but um, I I have definitely enjoyed um, his. Uh, takes on stuff, especially related to the gaming industry and the insanity therein. Anyway, that was the point where he made a public statement basically of saying, like, um, I am taking Blizzard off my bio. It's also been about, you know, 15, 20 years at this point. He, le- he left not that long. I, I think he was at, like, the, the cataclysm or around thereabouts left. So it's been a while since he was, um, maybe not 15 years, but closer to 10 or so. That, that he has has not been a part of Blizzard, um, but I mean again, it was an interesting thing. Of he was like, here's a guy who I consider fairly middle of the road, fairly you know not like you know he he's he's definitely he's anti SJW like broadly pro Gamergate, um, um, but also like a f- and 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 not afraid to call these people out on their insanity, but also fair minded, um, and and his thing was like you know. Basically, Blizzard at this point, which which he'd been criticizing for, I mean, years now. I I first, I got, I was like following him on Twitter in like 2017, um, and 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 he was, you know, call, you know, making fun of these people and 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 attacking them essentially from the right. Um, he's like, well, you know, this is this is just dead. This company is 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 garbage, and I don't, you know, there's, I have nothing to be like, I don't want to be associated with this at this point in time anymore. Um, which I found interesting. You know that that is interesting. Um, so. And and I guess ever basically ever since then it's been it's been kind of a, an ongoing, um, just an ongoing shit show. And and things have been getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse for them. Uh, the um, the New York Times published an investigation. I guess their own quasi independent investigation um, into the company. On uh, August third, which was uh, Tuesday of this week, just just three four days ago, as of the recording of this, um, the one of the highlights uh, was that an employee who worked at the company from 2014 to 2017 said she was paid less than her boyfriend, who joined the company at the same time doing the same work, 
and that a manager messaged her on Facebook asking what kind of porn she watched. Um, another woman who joined Activision in 2011 as a vice president said that an executive, quote, pressured her to have sex with him because she, quote, deserved to ha have some fun after her boyfriend had died weeks earlier. So for me, all this stuff is kind of window dressing on a very serious, very meaningful case in that Blizzard is also being sued in a straight up old school 1970s, 80s uh, equal pay lawsuit, which is just the bare bones, equal pay for equal work. They had people at the same position, same seniority, women getting paid less. And that is a serious thing you do not want to fuck with as a company. Uh, losing a civil rights lawsuit like that is devastating, especially in the, in the state of California, where basically, so obviously the do we hit whatever we got initial monetary, whatever, which isn't actually a big deal. It's the fact that the state is gonna basically mandate the company have third-party diversity auditors installed, who will be the most insane of obsequious corporate shit libs who basically given the power of the court which is the power of law to remake the company and the leadership in the image of diversity which makes a, a gaming company as a going concern essentially impossible um you typically can't run a company uh with a hundred percent diversity in game in the gaming space it's a the, I mean, you, you think yeah it's a just it's a very it's, it's a lot of high mathematical stuff it's you you can get away with women in hr and women doing space in some like art design and art like you know you they can they can move polygons around make them look good but if you're trying to get like every department every leadership to have equal amounts of like 50 50 percent women and 20 percent african-american and 30% Hispanic because it's in California. It's just, it's not going to work. There's a reason that all these diversity, that these studios shill is like, you know, it's from, it's, oh, we had the guy from the, you know, whatever Indian office or, you know, other, we have like our other country studios kind of provide that diversity. You know, if you look at, Blizzard can say we have, you know, we have whatever, 70%. This is just pulling a number out of my pulling a number out of thin air. So we have seventy percent diversity because we have like we have subcontractors that we farm out to in India. You know, like they don't actually like actually doing diversity will destroy you in video games. Uh, it, it, yeah, and that's if, if if this if they actually lose this suit and you own any Activision stock, <laughs> I would sell it immediately. I mean, I would. I'm sure it's down on the news, but I, I wouldn't. Well, whatever. We don't. We're. I got kicked in the head by a horse as a kid, uh, and and I'm retarded, so I don't give financial advice either. But yeah, I can't imagine that if someone would, um, like, the, they this had. I, they've had. I don't know. I I remember it, uh, seeing stuff about. I mean, they they were like doing poorly, and then they had an unexpected windfall, but. I guess that's also kind of in the. We want to talk, talk about it from that angle as well. Um, that's definitely in the in the mix here. Is is a general decline? Um, you know, Activision is a company. I, I forgot that they published Call of Duty. So I guess that's still for now a fairly reliable cash stream. But there is it if ten, if if twenty if 
30% of your developers have to be Hispanic and 10% have to be well, African-American? <laughs> There's that for sure. Like that um, will sink any shit. Of course. And, and, and that's the thing is like, it's not even that they can rely. I mean, how much of this is, you know, I guess to some extent it's a chicken and egg type problem because, um, you know, what, what, what is really driving it? But, but, you know, Blizzard has been a major, major cash cow for them for, for years, you know, World of Warcraft, um, people talk these days about software as a service and you know dlc is a way of kind of but dlc has nothing on the like straight up 15 dollars a month subscription fee um and every third year you have to buy a 60 dollar expansion pack and they had i think at the height it was more than 10 million subscribers i mean it's just an absurd number of people giving them and that's what really fueled their their growth um their corporate like and and personnel growth in in the 2010s um, but now, like the last, I, again, I've never really played World of Warcraft. Um, but as I understand it, the last several expansions have fallen really flat. People, you know, people are are not very happy with the product. Um, which, you know, the emphasis seems. I see they, they, you know, the 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 news that it makes the the, new, the headlines that I see in the like left wing gaming press. Uh, not that there's really much of a right wing one. But in the left-wing gaming press, the headlines are see, I see are basically like alternate, you know, new expansion for World of Warcraft sucks ass with like World of Warcraft makes history with first openly transgender character, <laughs> right? Like that's the dynamic. Um, and it's unsurprising that fewer and fewer people are, are interested in buying what Activision Blizzard is selling. Um, and, you know, speaking also, I mean, I, I, I want, we want to, I want to want to talk about um, the other games so much in this particular episode. We'll do that at another time. But, but just as a sort of like, um, you know, preview of that or as part of this discussion, the, the part that's relevant, speaking for myself, um, you know, as, as a huge fan in the 90s of Warcraft and Starcraft. And, um, you know, I had, I had high expectations and hopes for Starcraft 2. Um, I, I wasn't super thrilled with StarCraft 2, uh, but I did enjoy playing. I think the Terran campaign has a lot going for it, you know, the, the, and, and the, the Wings of Liberty, the first chunk of the game that they released. StarCraft 2 has a weird release structure that, anyway, um, I, I don't, I never finished the Zerg campaign, and I didn't even bother trying with the Protoss. I literally didn't even, I, there was a point where I was like, do I even want to spend the $15 to like, and it's nah. I'm not interested because it's just both. I mean, it's just and 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 that was large. That was before. When when was the um? Yeah. So so Legacy of the Void was 2015. 2015, which is like, you know, just the very beginning of of the. It wasn't even like I don't think Blizzard was super woke at that at that time. Um, but they uh, you know, it was just garbage. It was just like a bunch of nonsense lore that didn't make any sense and was just kind of bullshit. Um, and that was even pre, yeah, Overwatch, which was an other, I'd never, I'd never bothered playing Overwatch, wasn't interested. Um, uh, 2016 release, uh, and now like Overwatch, that was the, oh yeah, that, speaking of the, the corporate difficulties, um, so Overwatch was one of the few properties that Blizzard was really relying on, leaning on for, um, like esports engagement. Uh, they went from, from being, you know, a major, thing to now not only are there are there player numbers and viewership numbers down but um 
T-Mobile, Coca-Cola, and State Farm, which had all been sponsors of the Overwatch professional, you know, gaming esports league, uh, have to varying degrees pulled out. T-Mobile, it seems, has pulled out entirely. Um, Coca-Cola and State Farm may be temporary, but who knows? But for now, they have pulled their advertising on the um, on the Overwatch League uh, broadcasts. So yeah, I mean, it's it's and and you add to that all of these other problems. Um, I mean, again, we'll we'll have to talk about it in a separate episode. But like, who remembered Diablo three and the and the real money auction house and the, and just the total disaster that was. Um. Well, is there anything else? Do you want to kind of wrap it up and go to those not fair things? Yeah, we can. We can. I think say. that's that's probably enough to say um, for for this. I just oh, wanted. To, should you would you like the work stoppage stuff? We got probably the biggest thing actually. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So they they had a big walkout. Like thousands of employees walked out. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't seem to have any sign of. I mean, this is not like again. They're between the corporation is between a rock and a hard place. You know, the skill of they're between the skill of like legal indem- indemnity on the one hand and the caribdis of you know woke feminism on the other right and 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 not and, and their employees all being good libtards in california uh are very much on the latter side well, and also there's the fun there's the fun thing where so it's a very big signaling thing to be part of a union and do union like things <laughs> right and these people like the company like they're not like they're not striking against like Standard Oil. They're striking against Activision. So you're not gonna see any Pinkerton. Like this is gonna be like striking against these companies is not hard, unless you. Do well, it's not only that strike. the company itself has like actively promoted these kinds of political signaling things instead of any kind of economic union. Like like they don't let. I don't there believe- is some motherfucker, who guy who just loves Chapo Trap House who is just right. in his glory. <laughs> they, oh, I'm leading a walkout, bro. Like, right. Right. And we're, and we're going to demand a diversity audit. And and what's the and what's the corporation going to say? Like, no, no? like they can't say yeah. no. That's the fundamental problem that they're in. I mean, I'm just chuckling as some like you know. Again, it's one of these things where like if if Blizzard, the company, still as you know the '90s version of the company, or if there was some kind of more direct continuity with with those games with that company, uh, I would care even a little, even a little bit. Um, but they haven't made a good game since since StarCraft II Wings of Liberty, the Darren campaign. Like, the Zerg campaign was not particularly good, and the Protoss campaign was not not even worth not even worth installing, um, far less purchasing. So, fuck them. I mean, who, you know, and, and, and the interesting stuff happening in the, um, in, in the gaming industry these days is all, you know, small teams, um, independent or quasi-independent developers so- anyway. That's so a, like whatever. Talking about small teams is like what people like is a good good way to a good little segue mm. to the Steam Deck stuff. Oh yes, because it's kind of openly being like indie PC gamer console in an interesting way. Like very much so, very very much so. Um, definitely. Say say more though. So the the kind of idea behind this the this new Steam thing, and I am very skeptical of valve hardware last like what 12 valve hardware things have all tanked what do you mean you didn't like your steam machine you didn't <laughs> did you get a free steam link when they were like two dollars 
No, but I should have because now I'm in nope. a situation where I actually do want to play like streamed games from my my home desktop onto my like home big screen. Like that wasn't relevant for me at that time. Now it is, and I'm kind of kicking myself. But uh, yeah, no, they, they, they was it was it eventually t- t- down to two dollars. It was they were giving it. There were I saw a pack that was like on Amazon or some or whatever. One of those things like algorithm made discount packs when they're trying like send, sell something. It was like twenty dollars for fifty of them. Like there Shit. was a some order went out. To, they told all the algorithms mm. to just get these things out of just the warehouse. Just get them out of our warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just hilarious. So other thing that's really interesting about it being kind of openly like an indie console is that there is. It's like. The hard drives are pretty. The biggest hard drive is a half a terabyte. Mm. And if you're doing a serious. PC gaming machine. You're I mean, not. Yeah, isn't War- Call of Duty Warzone is what like 200 gigabytes, something like that. So I, it's not obscene. <laughs> yeah. And also, the, uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on. One other thing I wanted to note on is that there's a new, it's got its own uh, its own what is what's it's got some it's got some unique chip. Which one is it? Uh, it's usually got it's like the first like console specific chip in a long time. It, uh, AMD APU, which is interesting. I, I was interested in that. There hasn't been, hasn't been a, a console chip in a long, long time. Yeah, it's a, it's an integrated. It's some kind of inter. It's an AMD makes these integrated like. I mean, it used to. It's it's not just integrated graphics the way you're used to thinking of them as is something that just you know you can like run. You can push a video signal, but it's like you know it's not like it really has any processing power. Um, these do a, AMD. APUs do have. This thing also has uh, 16 gigs of uh, DDR5 RAM, which is a lot. It, it's That's a, a lot. It's it's an it's a capable 720p or whatever 800p. It can push 800 like 1280 by 800 is its native resolution, and it can push that in. I mean, Valve claims that, that they haven't that, that you know anything can run anything that can run at that resolution. It'll push. I have well, my doubts. Obviously, they say this shit like they did. What's they even said? Every game on the Steam store will run. Yeah, I mean, but all the promo stuff is all indie games, which is like there's a use case which for all that. Wanna, I mean, which all you, you know, I, play? I'm I'm personally not interested. I just don't really. I don't. I'm not that much of a mobile gamer, and you know, I it just I don't it doesn't. But I can see I can see how for someone like there's a, there's definitely an appeal. I guess the the main question that I have is like because most of those titles, if not pretty much all of them, uh, get Steam uh, rather get uh, Switch ports anyway, and obviously a Switch then gives you access to Nintendo's library. So like, well, also as someone who is in like the absolute demographic and use case and all these like I'm the perf- perfect for this thing. The only version with a big enough hard drive is worthwhile. Which is the five the half terabyte is six hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> that's more expensive than like an Xbox. That's more. That's more expensive. Yeah, than a PS Five. You know, did you probably get scalped on eBay for less than that? Um, frankly, so and even the cheapest, most like base model is four hundred dollars for a sixty-four yeah. gig version, which is and oh, honestly, I'm not getting the cheap version uh, of, yeah, of that's a nothing. PC. Sixty-four. Imagine having a sixty-four gigabyte hard drive on a on a gaming PC. I mean, it's just laughable. like I can play a half of Civ Five. That we <laughs> oh man. Um, 
Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I, I'm not saying this is for nobody, you know. And but I, I think that maybe this is where you're going with it. I, I definitely agree that like, and in some ways, it makes a nice tandem story with just the decline and fall of of. Um, we did the decline and fall of Bioware. Here's the decline and fall of, of Blizzard. Um, the like as these kind of you know great storied companies that did awesome work in the '90s and into the early 2000s became more and more gay. Um, and did more and more shitty work. Um, even at the level of a lot of those ex-developers from that time period are now, you know, they've done, some of them have done, some of them have done like not as good work, but some of them have done good work um, just with like, you know, smaller independent companies that they've in many cases founded themselves. Um, and, and yeah, the way the interesting, uh, exciting, you know, relevant, artistically valuable stuff is happening is in the space that could be played in theory on something like a Steam Deck um, without having to go through the additional hoops of like, you know, waiting for a Switch port if it ever comes. To, uh, that is for the bigger releases well, within that space. The thing we brought, up know, in our, so. we brought up a while ago in our Wii episode is that Nintendo being a Japanese company was more content to make a bunch of money and sit on it mm. and not be forced to iterate. And we, Activision and Valve have made absolutely insane money in the last decade each. And I don't, th and because I think shareholders demand exponential growth and things like this, you're going to see them a lot of moonshots as they're. Every idea has to make a billion dollars, right? Mm, mm. And I don't think they're. Like, Valve isn't going to be happy just sitting on Steam making a shitload of money. They make so much money, though. I mean, I'm, like, if I'm a Valve, I know they're a private company. It's a, you know, you can't, like, invest, buy Val, uh, Valve stock on the New York Stock Exchange or something, but, like,. If I if I owned Valve stock, I would be so happy. <laughs> like, I mean, you're giving me just crazy dividends, and like, and 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 it, it still continues to grow. So, like, what? I mean, I get what you're saying. It just I think speaks to the insanity of the financial system more than anything else. Like, I mean, I don't think that Gabe. Do you think Gabe is unhappy? I mean, maybe, but no, I, no, I don't. But I think it's yeah. Which speak up brings up our, like a real minor story that was that epic. Uh, which is trying to compete with Steam, which shows you mm -hmm. how lucrative that Steam money is. They have sunk a half, a, no, sorry, a half a billion half dollars, a billion, in five hundred more, more than five hundred million dollars into. And they um, don't <laughs> expect to turn a profit for another six years. Yeah, well, that just goes to show you, like, I, I, I don't know if it'll work or not. I mean, I, you know, I mainly use um, Epic Game Store for the free games, which I'm sure ninety nine percent of people do. Um, you know, it, it's uh, they give good shit. They've, you know, Frostpunk is an awesome game they gave me for free. Uh, I recently just played. Um, I don't think it's worth. It. I'll, I'll mention it when we do our our FTL episode. I just played through Crying Sons, which had been given to me for free, which um, kind of interesting in certain ways, but but definitely like a you know, there's things about it I like. There's things about it I really didn't like, but um, on the whole, quite good and um, totally free. Never paid a penny. Thank you, Epic Game Store. Um, they're trying to build. They're not build. They're trying to bribe people <laughs> into giving them market share, and it's working to some extent. Um, I saw the only um, the only play. They only turned a profit on one single game that they had paid exclusives. Uh, like the, you know, they, they they do these licensing agreement where you you must you can only appear on our game front, our games like our storefront for for a certain period of time. Um, and uh, I forget which one it was. It wasn't Metro. Which 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 title was this? It was Satisfactory, 
Was that the was it satisfactory or was it factorial? One of the games is based in Rail Pill, the other is cringe and gay. Which one was which? Do you remember? I don't know. I think Factorio I, was based. One of them, like some some tranny was like upset in Reddit comments, and the developer was like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." So whichever one, I hope it. I hope it's satisfactory. I don't know which one it is. Doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, the name satisfactory is much more Reddit though. Yeah, and it's a good it's a really Reddit it's a, name. It's that's true. Um, anyway, uh, uh. Yeah, so so um, so that's the only game in any case that that Epic paid money up front to have as an exclusive, and um, and actually turned a profit. Everything everything else they failed. Like basically, they paid more money for the ex- exclusivity rights than than they ended up making from having it on the um, on their on the Epic Game Store. And they don't give a fuck because they think. How do they even in- measure that though? Like, how do you measure? There's different ways. I, I was I was digging into this a little bit. Yeah, there's new. Di- sorry, is there a metric for like new users attracted? Like, because that's only a measure. Because I already have an Epic Games Store account. Just, just basically steal games they give away. <laughs> like right, and never play, play them once. And like, if I download a game that they offer me for free, what do they like? What's their upside? I guess they. They well, they assume. just get you. I mean, yeah, that's that part of it. I don't think is is measurable. Um, their whole idea. I mean, I think honestly, they consider it. I mean, if you consider if you if you if you um, if you if you compare it to like Origin, EA's storefront, right? Like, I very begrudgingly have Origin on my computer. I. I like if it were possible I mean I don't even know that there's anything really worth I, I think the only thing that I had the only reason I had it was because I was briefly playing Star Wars Squadrons uh, other than that I don't think there are any titles on there I mean there's some stuff you know I guess if you want to play Battlefield um, you need to have it installed but it's it's definitely a um, it's a pain in the ass and if, if you could get away without having it installed at all you know and, and it's install base is obviously a lot smaller so in that sense just having it be I, I literally think it's at the like the skinner box level of like you know you have it you I, I speaking for myself i am like trained by the epic game store skinner box to like it's pinned to my start bar i check it at least i open it at least once a week um if only to get the new free game for the week right so like i they have habituated me to having this storefront on my computer to um to like opening it and using it with some regularity and uh and occasionally i mean the the main downside of it from my perspective at this time is um the sales typically aren't quite as good as uh steam they're definitely not as regular and 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 the discounts typically aren't quite as steep so um, it can be a kind of, and obviously there's no cross compatibility. So it, it can be a, a little bit potentially of a, of a, of a, um, a, it's a little bit maybe more expensive depending if there's something you really want and you really want it now. Um, but they also have had several great sales of stuff where it's like, um, basically they have, you know, a title, like for example, Crisis Remastered, which is on my wish list, right? Uh, I like the original Crisis. I think the original... We should do a Crisis episode at some point. Um, 
it's normally $30, and I believe it's an exclusive for the Epic Game Store, but they had, they have a $15, they discounted it to $15, and then at various times in the past, they've basically given you $10 coupons, like, just for clicking a button or for purchasing it, and with every additional purchase, you get a $10 coupon, bringing the t cost of Crisis Remastered down to $5. In hindsight, I probably should have just paid $5 to have it, even if I just add it to the backlog or whatever. Um... I, I was I'm trying to be disciplined about not do, not doing that, which is why I didn't. But uh, you know, there's way when occasionally they have these sales with these ten dollar giveaway coupons. I don't know how much like profit they're actually making, but um, just getting you in the habit, I think, is the main thing. And if you are the Wignat indie dev, go to go to go to them first. See if you can get a little. I'm, well, they, for for starters, they their standard cut is twelve percent versus versus thirty percent for Steam. So right off the bat, you're getting a much bigger cut um, of your of your sale. Like try to get so, that bribe. Yeah. Try try to get that bribe. Well, and that's the thing is like I mean I guess from my again looking at this from from my perspective as a kind of you know grug consumer um, in certain ways. I'm a sophisticated consumer, but but just looking at it as a, as a grug, like I don't give a sh like I actually like <laughs> I will go so far as to say that if something is on EA only. That's a downside for me. I don't know if it's enough of a. I mean, it's it, it's it's a negative in the column of like maybe I'll just. I'm definitely not gonna you know purchase it on five dollars just to have it in my library, um, and and I may actually just you know not never bother to some extent precisely because EA Origin sucks so much balls. Um, with Epic, I don't really care. It's functional enough to the point where and it, it's it's basically co-equal with Steam. In some ways, I actually like it better. The interface is definitely cleaner. Um, it's less cluttered, and from my perspective as an end user, there's absolutely no difference in the ease of use versus Steam um, when it comes to like installing and playing and, and, and this kind of stuff. And in, again, in some ways, it's actually better organized and, and less cluttered. So, uh, like, you know, I, I don't think, you, and my point being, other than I guess kind of these random, you know, they, Steam does this thing where they, um, you know, they they recommend stuff based on what you've spent hours playing and what you're, what you say you like genre-wise and so on. Um, I don't think Epic has Epic doesn't have as many titles and it doesn't quite have that same level of functionality. But if you can get, you know, other than those kinds of sales that would be generated by people just you know randomly clicking through their Steam queue and, and finding something they're willing to spend ten twenty dollars on, um, as far as like word of mouth or titles that are you know. Um, succeeding for you know or like that they, they, get popular or that you want to play otherwise like there's there's just no reason not to go on on the epic game store frankly yeah except for the fact that i don't want to use it <laughs> right right but yeah i mean as far as whether this strategy of theirs is is um you know how much of this kind of skinner box habituation is going to translate into like more profit by 2027 uh which is what their you know their legal filings indicate um or i don't even know it was i guess it was that's their internal company documents that were revealed as part of the apple's discovery process in this epic versus apple suit that's um still ongoing so speaking of profit and all this all this stuff all this money talk what our, our last segue i think is going to be that the based and red-pilled third positionist government of China has announced <laughs> that it that video games are spiritual opium. I mean, where's the lie, though? And they will, and then uh, it's so Tencent is 
So this is how you do this is how you do market socialism if you're wondering. The government makes a threat and the companies respond. So Tencent said they will start uh, introduce measures to reduce the amount of time minor miners can play and spend money. Also the Tencent Tencent, the gaming company, because the Chinese state has put such a fear into the heart of the capitalists. Tencent is basically calling for so industry regulations that would ban gaming for children under 12. Which Good is, for uh, them. Should be. I mean... But, like, that's just... If you want to see how market socialism actually works, instead of, right. like, some, you know, some Vouch video or whatever, that's how it works. You the, com- the government doesn't have to actually be at the kind of libertarian dream of, like, this totalitarian government doing everything on every corner, you know, setting the price of every good. It's not actually how things work in a kind of a third position type economy. Kind of market socialism is that the government just has demands and companies fear the government so they comply with demands right. in a market in the way that, you know, best, you know, keeps them alive, keeps them afloat. Company, they're not, 10 cents not going to go under because they're stopping letting kids under 12 game. Right. Well, I, I will say that I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is like a, kind of an aside, kind of a schizo aside, but fuck it. Um, there's like a there's a crypto angle to all this as well. Are, are you familiar with this? Uh, no, go shoot. Okay, so this is like a basically non-gaming related, but quasi-crypto related. And, and th- that's actually like, it, it caught my eye. I, I, I guess it's probably unrelated, but it's not like, it, it, the, the, the effects are definitely related, which is, um, so basically, um, have you heard about the situation with, oh, I'll, I'll just, for our audience who probably hasn't, uh, whether or not you have. So Evergrande, <clears throat> uh, E-V-E-R-G-R-A-N-D-E, is the, uh, the biggest real estate developer in China. Um, they are one of the main companies responsible for um, these ghost cities that you may have seen pictures or videos of, where like you know they're building these enormous empty apartment complexes in the middle of nowhere um, in China, and like taking a bunch of money from people before they're even building it because they expect the land underneath these buildings to appreciate in value, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Evergrande is in debt to the tune of like hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars. Um, they are officially, well, I mean, obviously everything in China is kind of quasi-public. They are on the less public, more private end of the spectrum. However, they have a mutual ownership pact type agreement with one of the state-owned Chinese banks, which is the mechanism by which they, Evergrande, has issued... At the at a minimum, tens of millions of dollars in short-term business loans, also known as commercial paper, to party or parties that are formally anonymous. On the other end of that deal, there is so there's this, been this question in crypto sphere for a while, which is like, what is backing Tether? USDT, yeah, you know Tether, the stablecoin. Yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody really knows. Tether, the company, has said. Oh, we got commercial paper backing us, but nobody knows where that commercial paper is coming from. And so it has come to light basically in the past like week or so that it, I mean, again, this is all kind of speculative, but basically, I, I don't yeah. really, oh, I've, but, I'm familiar with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically it's, it's, it's Evergrande, <laughs> this bankrupt in debt to the tune of hundreds of millions of us dollars company that is issuing these, <laughs> these worthless loans that are backing 
quote unquote backing USDT tether stable coins. Tencent, like literally 24 hours before the news broke about China cracking down on Tencent for the video game stuff, um, Tencent uh, like bought like $100 million worth of some unit of Evergrande. Um, they basically acquired some kind of financial stake, or, or maybe they made them a loan. I remember, I remember the details. Basically, Tencent stepped into the Evergrande collapse situation. Um, yeah. So, the, and then, then 24 hours later, the, the the government makes that announcement. I'm like, clearly these things are related. I don't know how because I'm not a China expert, but well, I, I just yeah. And so it's interesting that the statement the Chinese government made is they retracted it, uh, then re-edited it and took out like the more like spiritual opium. They actually took out the spiritual opium bit. <laughs> really, I didn't know that. I saw that when it uh, when it came out. I didn't know that they had. But, yeah. but because of the threat, I think because of the threat, the the message they got the message that you know the company got the message what they wanted to do. And also, as a result of the uh, mark, like the, of their stock price loss, they Tencent is the uh, the largest company by stock value in Asia. And as a result of the crash, the largest company by stock value became uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturer, which is like a, a Taiwanese state company. Was <laughs> so they had to like roll it back uh, and then they, of course once then the price recovered, recovered about, uh, about half to where it was and yeah and uh and they're not now most valuable again so there's that angle too but also i think the message is done that 10 cents is gonna have to do more um to bar children china has actually been doing a i don't know maybe it's because they're cozying up to the ju uh the the those the other crypto thing the crypto peoples and uh they are doing a lot of uh like child protection laws um they've banned for-profit tutoring in uh core subjects in schools and uh a lot a lot of minor uh child well-being reforms and if you're going to get closer with israelis it's probably a smart thing to do you know uh you know, just, <laughs> indeed Okay, so I wanted to, I wanted to issue some some clarifications on stuff that I was saying earlier. It's all correct broadly. I just wanted to okay, so <clears throat> so Tencent purchased seven uh, percent of Evergrande at a price of Hong Kong dollars three twenty per share, which works out to at the that rate two hundred and sixty five million U S dollars um, that Tencent purchased, uh, and that value of Evergrande is crashing. Even as we speak, I saw that basically they they had been um, they they've been downgraded once already a, a few days ago. Evergrande had their their bonds from um, from like basically the highest grade of like speculative or sorry from the lowest grade of uh, uh, commercial bonds. Like this is a reliable this is a real company that's going to pay you back to speculative like you know we're paying we're getting more yield because it, you know you may or may not get paid back to they've been downgraded further and they're basically just this is just they're going to be junk it's really unclear to me why they aren't already being listed as junk it's probably a, um out of some kind of deference to the chinese government uh meanwhile uh i'm seeing now unconfirmed reports on twitter that that somebody's trying to offload 2025 maturity bonds at 20 cents on the dollar um really? So also, wait. The, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Well, it's interesting. Like Tether coin. The way this is good. This is like the absolute test of MMT, right? Where Tether coin <laughs> is worth the dollar. It's worth the dollar. If it's revealed that Tether coin's not backed, there's no reason Tether coin isn't still worth a dollar. 
Yeah, I mean, the in principle. I mean, just in has principle. The market value. Now, right. I'm a USDC uh, Chad. Me I got, too. I don't you do Tether coin because I, I don't use Tether. Uh, is shady I, as shit, and it always has been, frankly. Yeah, but I I'm interested to see if it just even if like a lot of their reserves of paper loans disappear, if they can if they just keep they just keep bullshitting like, and printing just, the tether yeah, and why would there's no reason they? not to right yeah or you just stop printing tether and just like you know just accumulate some different different bullshit you know get some argentinian junk bonds or you know government debt from the third world and some other horseshit that'll cover cuz you just need to all you need to do as a as tether is to comply with us law which does says all you need is commercial paper the quality of the commercial paper isn't actually in the law it's just that you gotta have it. So if this paper, if this course paper disappears, you can just get junk paper bonds somewhere else. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, if some, as long as somebody's willing to loan it to them. Yeah, you know, you, I, you or you can just buy like Zimbabwe and government debt. You know, you know, that, <laughs> I'll pay you in Bitcoin. I will, I will print the tether to buy the Bitcoin to buy the Zimbabwean government with the Bitcoin that I bought with my tether that I just invented. Yeah. You know, printed out of thin air. Ah, oh, we live in fun times. Um, yeah. The the get other clear. USDC. Get, get, yeah. Get into USDC if you're if you know. What you're if doing. you if you yeah the the other definitely but you know don't uh, we not a financial advice but yes um yeah. the other clarification I wanted to make so I do I was remembering correctly the story unfortunately it was factorio not satisfactory but um basically there was a <clears throat> some kind of incident where uh some kind of programmer named Uncle Bob or he's like teaches programming on YouTube or something has has said some like broadly trans critical things and um so someone was on reddit on the factorio subreddit saying something about like because i guess the developer coverx of factorio had like promote hey if you want to learn programming check out uncle bob and they're like well he's you know you need to be a bit more careful he's controversial he you know it's you just might want to add a disclaimer his actions and words have hurt a lot of underrepresented people and to which the developer responded take the cancel culture mentality and shove it up your ass <laughs> up your fistula <laughs> oh god so it's yes that that the, the trans are represent, up, underrepresented and that's their big calling card but i feel like they're like half of all Reddit users are trans. It's really insane. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to. to, to we we can just wrap the show up, but I'm just remembering the dark that my like last few like my last couple journeys to Reddit, and they were like, and you just look at the car wreck, and the best is that there's a like the women's like the yes, the lesbian fast. subreddit is overrun with with uh, trans. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And like the actual lesbian, like the female lesbians can't form, can't use the r lesbians subreddit because it's yeah. infested with trannies. Yeah, um, and they have to form, and of course they get called Nazis, and they're like getting, and the trannies are disgusting, and they like raid, they like raid them with like CP and stuff. It's oh really God. horrifying. Uh, <sighs> of course, trannies have deep and wide reserves of CP for some reason, which you know, oh, yeah, just you know, totally normal thing to have, to right? Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, yeah, I think that, anyway. that that does about that's just about does it for for this week and and um, uh, yeah, as we said, the um, the our our uh, our show on Skyrim uh, is forthcoming. It will be out next week, um, uh, unless there's some other 
just insane development. But you know, maybe we'll, if, if something like that happens, I can always just you know we'll, we'll double we'll I double. Feel, I would say if we do a Chris Chan episode, but Chris Chan is evergreen, so it can, yes, it can just... we, that oh, that's another whole thing we've been talking on post. Like like li- again, like twenty four hours before, and I was like reaching out to Josh Moon. I was like, you know, hey, you want to do an episode on Chris Chan? I think he'd make a good culture terror material. We could do you know Chris Chan is a cultural object analysis, and people were like excited at the you know excited slash horrified at the idea, and then, then that whole thing happened. So um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh, soon. But um, yeah, look yeah. forward to um, look forward to our Skyrim discussion. I think it'll be great for for people to, you know, great fun for people to listen. And um, yeah, just you know, take care, stay safe, everybody, please. Dumb girls are dumb. They're so dumb.